Welcome to Global Answers. Please join us as we discuss the relevance of God's eternal word relating to events in this day and what it means to you. And now, your hosts, Jeff and Lonnie Jenkins. Hello, friends. Lonnie over here. Sure glad to have you with us again. And I'm uh, Jeff, and again, it's a delight to be with you. We have a special guest today. We always enjoy featuring uh, a brother uh, or a sister who has a testimony, a testimony of God's grace and salvation and mercy and how God transformed their lives. Uh, brother Paul Moffat is our guest from New Zealand. And not only uh, does he have a testimony of how Jesus Christ saved his life, but also a call to the ministry. And uh, Brother Paul, I might ask a question right off the, right off the top, and that is, is that uh, how did you come to know the Lord Jesus? What so sort of background did you have? Were you raised in the church all your life? Did you come out of the world? Tell, tell us a little bit about it. Certainly. And it's really nice to be here, brother. Nice yeah. to be here. Wonderful. My, basically, my experience was I was brought up coming up through the Sunday school system mm -hmm. of the Methodist Church. And, uh, you know, the services and the Sunday school and the things that go with that. It was very unusual in, that in, in my remembrance looking back. It was very rare to find somebody coming through that system yeah. that, uh, that knew that they were saved. Yeah. And that, that the thought looking back was that, uh, that it, on that day, if they'd done enough good things to outweigh some of the bad things mm -hmm. that they'd done, that maybe hopefully they'd just scrape through, you know? And, yeah. and so that was quite an, uh, an interesting situation. And uh, we got to senior Sunday school class level and they couldn't find an ordinary Sunday school teacher and a brother that, uh, that was familiar with Brother Branham and with the teaching of Brother Branham yeah. offered to sit in and uh, uh, teach us and the church allowed that to happen. Now, how old were you at this time? I was probably around 14, 15 years okay. old when this was happening. Thank you. So now this is the first encounter you're going to get with the concept, one, of a prophet, but two, of the need for salvation? Yeah, exactly right. My. Exactly right. And I gave my heart to the Lord uh, as a 15, 16-year-old boy uh, way back then. Uh, this brother was familiar with some of Brother Branham's teachings. Mm -hmm but uh, was put under certain constraints, yeah. we say, by the church. So he was as uh, wise as serpents and harmless as doves, we mm -hmm. would say. Yes. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I ended up giving my heart to the Lord under that, under that ministry. And then we sort of parted and we went our separate ways for a while and I did a tour through some of the, the, the Pentecostal churches. Yeah. And that was quite exciting. That was very different from the Methodist church. <laughs> But I just couldn't seem to fit. I tried two or three or four Pentecostal churches, and no matter where I was, I didn't seem to be able to feel comfortable. I didn't seem to be able to fit in. And uh, the Lord sort of brought me full circle to catch up with this brother again. How and many years in the process? Well, this would have been three or four. Yeah. And I had left school now, and I was working, and I was still looking for something. And I yeah. didn't realize, even really didn't realize I was looking for something. Yeah, yeah. But I yeah. was looking for something. and. Uh, I think probably the next step was water baptism. And we were, I was attending a Bible study house group mm -hmm. at his brother's house on a, on a Wednesday night and he began to talk about the rapture yeah. and the need, if we want to be part of that rapture, the need to be born again and filled with the Holy Ghost. My. And that the scriptural requirement for that to take place was, was to repent and to be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of our sins 
and that, that would entitle us to receive the Holy Ghost, the new birth. Mm -hmm. Now, I've got to ask you a question. Keep your thought, but raised Wesleyan, our Methodist, you never did hear the gospel story with regard to a need for repentance? John Wesley would turn over in his grave. Uh, that's exactly right. Yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah. And, and I'd say probably that the Pentecostal fathers of a hundred years ago probably would have They'd be turning over in their graves yeah. at what was preached in the Pentecostal churches That's I visited true. also. That yeah. is true. So yeah. definitely we've got to say that uh, the standard has slipped yeah. from when God brought those messages yeah. uh, at the beginning. Very definitely. When Paul mentions that he was in the, uh, one church and then another church and then another church and couldn't, couldn't be satisfied, we find in the scripture in the church ages that, that says, He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith to the churches. Right. And so God is speaking, and your natural ear can't conceive what God is doing to fulfill Scripture. It takes, it takes the book of Revelation, is the revelation, and, and mm -hmm. the uh, catching what God is doing in your age is the revelation. And the natural mind will miss it every time. So consequently then, to those that are predestinated with ears to hear what God is doing in their day, that's why they, they hear these other Gospels and a lot of good things are learned right. and, you, and you appreciate the people, you appreciate a lot of the things, but there's a hunger inside to find, mm -hmm. if I can call it this way, the Jesus of your day. Mm -hmm. Because when the Bible says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, that doesn't mean he's walking the robe, roads with sandals and a robe on his feet. We know he's not that. So how is he the same? He is the living word in each age. And so then, then the problem, as we've discussed with you before, the problem is, is that in each age, they meet that Jesus in that age, then they uh, form a denomination around what their founder discovered about Jesus, the living word mm -hmm. that was being revealed in that age, and then the word moves on to unveil more of Jesus Christ, more of the word, and the system holds them back to what was being taught in another age. So consequently, if somebody is predestinated with ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches, they can learn a lot of good things back what, what Luther taught, a lot of good things, Wesley taught, a lot of good things, Pentecostals taught, a lot of good things, and, but that was, that was Jesus in another era. And, and the test in every era is not can you believe in the Jesus of history, but can you recognize the I am? And this is what Paul was hungry for. This is what I was hungry for as I moved from church to church to church. And so I wanted to explain why was he moving. That's why he was trying to find the I am. Where is God living today? What portion of scripture is being lived out today? And I hope I didn't steal your thought from no, you, Paul. No, no, but what really, uh, as a result of that service, and it probably finished 10 or 11 o'clock at night, My. and we were driving home, and I was really thinking, you know, the rapture could really take place at any time. Oh, yeah. And, and really what the rapture is, is the withdrawal of God's Holy Spirit from the earth. Mm -hmm. And if, mm -hmm. I want to, if I want to be in that rapture, then to be a candidate, I need to be filled with the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. And the way to go there, the water way, Acts 2.38, is to repent and be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah, so. Amen. We were driving home, and uh, there's a brother that was with me, and, and, and we were all probably in, in our 20s at that time. Mm -hmm. And we were passing by a river, and I was mulling things over, and sounds like I wasn't the only one mulling things yeah. over. And uh, the brother who was driving the vehicle, he's a deacon in my church now, but, but the brothers, one of the brothers said, well, here's water. I mean, it's 11 o'clock at night, but hey... <laughs> If the rapture's at 12, uh, this, uh, 
you know, like the, like Philip yeah. and, the, and the eunuch. Yeah, and yeah. His water, what hindereth us? Yeah, and that's how I felt. And, and we, just, we just did it. We did it then. Yeah. We saw it was true. The opportunity presented itself. We went and we went in the water. Yeah, wonderful. And there's maybe a lot of things that we would have done differently yeah. with hindsight. They say hindsight is an exact science. But uh, God honored that. It was faith. We were walking in the light that we had. We were believing what was revealed to us. And we went on in, in the water. And that would have been sort of 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. My. And uh, things sort of progressed on. And uh, I became more familiar with some of the things that Brother Branham taught. Uh, serpent seed and the Godhead and, and those different things. There's still a pull in my heart. I still wasn't there. Yeah. I treated the scriptures and, and really I treated the message as a bit of a buffet. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I like this, so I'll eat this. I can see this, but there were certain things that I didn't like. Yeah. There were certain things that I didn't see. And so I sort of left them on the table, so to speak. <laughs> and I had an experience sort of probably getting near 15 years ago where I attended a convention. We went to some services and just God made himself so real to me, just how aware, uh, just how close he was. Yeah. And heard some things that I'd never really, maybe I'd heard them, but I'd heard them here, never heard them here. And uh, that got me really seeking seriously. Mm -hmm. Now, I, I believed that I'd been justified. I'd given my heart to the Lord. I'd gone to the waters of baptism. I'd had a lot of changes mm -hmm. in my life, but there were still a lot of things that were hanging on. And... Uh, God convicted me of some of those things and I realized that there needed to be a, truly a complete separation from the world Hallelujah. and aspects of the world and worldliness and those sort of things. Things that maybe the denominations considered were okay. Yep. But yep. by God's word, I saw that they might have been okay to, by those different standards, but by the absolute of God's word, no, they weren't okay. Amen. Now, I don't want to put you on the spot because you may not be able to pull it off the top of your head, but can you name just one or two of these yeah, things that you experienced? I can, yeah. I hitchhiked up to that convention. I hitchhiked up there in a pair of shorts, yeah. for example, and I was sure I was in the message and I was believing God sent yeah. a prophet, but I had a television in my home and, uh, you know, I, I watched that and uh, it didn't convict me to do those things. Right, exactly. But I, but I started realizing the presence of God and how God was manifesting himself through, through Brother Branham's ministry and that this wasn't just a man, this wasn't just a minister, it wasn't even just a prophet, but now God himself had come on the scene. Amen. And this wasn't just the words of some Kentuckian, this was the word of God. And I remember being in, in the men's dorm, uh, three bunks high, and I remember praying one night, I said, Lord, if this really is you, and now I don't even need a revelation to do what I need to do. Yeah. If I can see it in your word, if I can see that you're saying it, if I can see that you're requiring it, Amen. then, uh, you know, Peter had a revelation in uh, Matthew 16, that thou art the Christ, the mm -hmm. Son of the living God. Mm -hmm. And Jesus said, upon this rock, upon this rock of revelation, I'll build my church. And that was a great thing. But when a bit later on, the word began to continue to open and Jesus said, unless you eat the flesh and drink the blood of the Son of Man, you have no life in you. Mm -hmm. And the Bible says from that time, many of them walked with him no more. And that was not just a hard thing to the 70 in the multitudes, but right. that was a hard thing to Peter and the disciples. Sure they didn't understand it himself. No. But they had this absolute. Jesus looked at them, the 12 that were left, and one of them was 
a devil. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jesus said, will you go also? And Peter said these wonderful words. He said, Lord, to whom shall we go? Right. Thou alone has the words to eternal life. Yeah, right. And I believe that that was an even greater revelation that he had in Matthew 16. Yes. He, because now he didn't understand what was being said. Yeah. He didn't understand about the flesh and the blood until much later on the scene. But now he had a revelation that this one who was speaking was none other than God himself. And that revelation enabled him, it held him, when things were spoken that he did not understand. Exactly. Now he had an anchor. Now he had an absolute. Yeah. And uh, now he could just, okay, Lord, or whatever you say, I'll believe it, and I'll, and I'll go with it. You, you, mentioned, you mentioned that Peter recognized that this was God himself in Christ, and, mm-hmm. and we know that's true. But further back, you, you also mentioned that you realized that God was speaking to us through William Branham. Mm-hmm. But I'd like for you to expand on that just a little bit so that the people don't think that we're saying William Branham is God. No, okay. no, 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 thank you. And not at all. But um, what was ministered was speaking about Jesus uh, in the seventh feast, in the Feast of Tabernacles. And his disciples tried to get him to come and he said, no, I'm not going. But then he turned up in the midst of that seventh feast. Amen. And he turned up in secret and he lifted up his voice and he cried and began to teach and instruct the people. And, and we're living here now in the latter scene age, which is the seventh church age. And in a type, in a pattern, and in mm-hmm. a shadow, mm-hmm. I began to see that God did exactly the same thing mm-hmm. in our day that he fulfilled back there in that Feast of Tabernacles. I think the confusion or, or the easy part in that day, it was easy to mm-hmm. discern the difference, say, between John the Baptist and Jesus and see the difference between the two ministries, the introduction and, and the one whom he came to uh, introduce because there were two yeah, separate people, two separate bodies, yeah. that's yeah. right, and yeah. two different voices and two different faces yeah. to look at. Yeah. It was easy to discern the two different ministries. Mm-hmm. But in our day, we've really seen the same thing happen and the confusing part is that, that God's doing both works through the one vessel. I had uh, Brother Brown made a statement in uh, Message City Priest Unveiling of God. And in that statement, he said that, it, he says, Jesus Christ was the tabernacle of God. It was God in his fullness in a man. He mm-hmm. says, this is God through a man. Mm-hmm. And I like the beautiful simplicity of that in that what we sought in our generation through the ministry of William Branham was a son of man perfectly revealing the son of man. Exactly. A mortal that sinned, needed a savior, a mortal that uh, made mistakes, but, but showing us and revealing to us the power of the blood mm-hmm. so, to, so to so cleanse and sanctify this man that he could be used in the very same way because of the blood that Jesus Christ was using. Amen. And that also gives me great hope because if he was that wave sheaf offering over the congregation, the same process that brought that son of man, William Ray Branham, to maturity is going to bring an entire crop to maturity. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so that transfer of authority and power, not so much signs and wonders, however God wants to display himself, sure. we want to be a part of it. Absolutely. But the bottom line was is that God sent us a parallel ministry. Absolutely. The ministry of William Branham paralleled perfectly the ministry of Jesus Christ. 
and that attracts the elect for that day. Mm-hmm. It's very um, exciting. It's, it's, to them, it's life. It's, it's takes, it takes them out of the systems of man, like it took Peter and James and Bartholomew and John, took them out of the systems of their day mm-hmm. and brought them into the living word of that hour. Mm. And just like Luther was a living word and Wesley was a living word, right. and now in our generation to think that God would send a vessel that would not display a measure of Christ or a measure of himself, but that all the word would be revealed to this vessel, and that would culminate in a rapture. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, I want, to, I want to interject here. The things we're talking about to try and pull it back to the uh, scripture for our, for our viewing audience. And he talked about William Branham and this tremendous manifestation of Jesus Christ through William Branham. And if you remember in John 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And in John 1, 14, it says, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. The Greek word there is the Logos. So the Logos there was, was made flesh and dwelt among us. And, and, and at that time, it took the form of uh, Jesus of Nazareth. Mm-hmm. But the Logos has been shown through flesh many times in the, old, in the Old Testament in measure or in a greater fullness. And we've talked about this. That was, that was God manifesting himself through Melchizedek. It was, God, it was Christ in a measure through Moses and all these Old Testament savior types mm-hmm. uh, and priest, priest types all go through type, typing Christ. And then when we come up to this, this side now of, of uh, Calvary, and the book of Acts, mm-hmm. and we come here, now Jesus is in a new body, and it's, it's called the true church. The true church is the body of Christ. And then working through that body, this same Jesus has to declare himself. But then the promise was in Luke 17, 30, that, when, that as it was in the days of Lot, so will it be in the days of the revealing of the Son of Man. Right. And we remember first that Lot lived in Sodom. Mm-hmm. So we see the world condition will be more like Sodom than we've known in years past. And I think we all agree uh, we're there. And that during, during this time, when the world is in that condition, then there's going to be this, quote, revealing of the Son of Man. Most people take that, that means the coming of Jesus. It doesn't say that. It's the revealing of the Son of Man. So, so that the very life and ministry of Jesus has to be revealed again. Now, hold your thought now. So the first time the Logos was com- manifested through flesh in Jesus, that was called the last Adam. So then consequently, now we've got a replacement for the Adam that fell in, mm. in spiritual sense. But, but Eve fell also. So there has to be a, an Eve restoration. Yes. And the Eve restoration, of course, is the church because the a woman types the church. The church is the bride of Christ. So therefore, this manifestation of the revealing of the Son of Man came through a member of the bride of Christ to declare the age that we're in, that we're at harvest time, maturity time, and in Leviticus, is it 23 with the wave sheaf offering? Yeah, Yeah. Mm -hmm. with the wave sheaf offering, you'll find there that when the first part of the wheat field uh, reached maturity, they were to take a sheaf of that and bring it in and wave it before the people. It says, for your acceptance. And that, that, of course, was originally typed in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. His resurrected life was for our acceptance. The fact that he died didn't prove anything, but the fact that he resurrected showed that God had received that sacrifice. And then so now we come up to this age now and to show where we are for the church, we're, we're at grain time. And so when we talk about uh, Luther and Wesley and those manifesting Christ in their age, if you get in your mind now the growth of a wheat stalk, 
that the life, the life of the wheat produces a little leaf, produces a stalk, produces a, a, a husk, it produces a tassel. These are all processes that the wheat plant goes through, but eventually this, the, in the head of the wheat is a replication of the same grain of wheat that went into the ground. And so then the process from the single grain to the many grains in the head of wheat is, is what the church has been going through in the ages. It was carrying the life, but not a full manifestation of the life. And the very fact that the ministry of William Branham was a replication of the ministry of Jesus Christ shows that we're at grain time or harvest time. And so the fullness has to come, and that ministry revealing the Son of Man, the life of Christ in a, in a uh, blood-bought sinner, still, but manifesting it to show you we're at grain time now, so there's something fuller than the ages have had in the past, which were carrying the life, but not full declarers of the life. And of course, in the process of growing, this wheat, wheat plant growing, that, that the, again, the Arab denomination was they built, built a system around where the plant was at that stage of growth, and then stopped right there. And then, but the, the life is continuing to go on. So they were, they were the Lutheran movement, Wesleyan movement, Pentecostal movement. They were absolutely carriers of the life, but they were there for the purpose of bringing it to the harvest time. And so then God is going, God doesn't, God doesn't, uh, let me back up. The farmer is not interested in, in the, the stalk and the chaff. He's interested in the wheat. And that's why the harvest comes, is to gather the wheat. The straw, oh, it's used, it's it got other purposes, but the farmer's interested in the wheat. And that's what's going to be raptured, is this full grain, full word, true church that has come into the fullness of Christ for the word for their day. And so now here we are then with this manifestation, replicating the ministry of Jesus Christ to show us we're at harvest time again. We're at harvest time because the full life is on display again. We're back to full grain where the others were carriers of part of the life, now a fullness has come that hasn't been in any other ages. So I hate to keep interrupting you, Paul, but I want to explain these things. Oh, that's fine, brother. Yeah. Just as, as what you said, we saw God in the tabernacle in the wilderness through the Old Testament, and we saw that life, that pillar of fire, that, that spirit, that logos go from there to the tabernacle in the will, uh, to, the, to mm -hmm. Solomon's temple. Mm -hmm. And then we saw from there, we saw it go into, uh, into the Lord Jesus Christ as mm -hmm. a physical temple, a physical tabernacle mm -hmm. of the same God. And what I was recognizing is that same one now dwelling in, uh, in flesh again, in a man in our day. And it was not glorifying the man, but to me what it, what it was was an example. <coughs> I was seeing an example of something that as a Christian that I can attain to myself. You know, Brother Branham taught us that all God was, he poured into Christ and all that was in Christ He's pouring into the church. Amen. And I just saw something that in my own walk that I could attain. And it became very, very real <laughs> to me as a result of that. And uh, a lot of changes took place. And I really think that as a result of that, I really had uh, what I'd call a genuine birth Amen. in the Word. I had a number of experiences, God, godly experiences, God-given experiences. Back in the denominations, I wouldn't be without one of them. Right. But as far as a real birth, I th that's when something really happened on the inside of the inside. Amen. Let me explain for a moment to our audience what a birth is. A new birth experience. And the Bible says that we're born again by the seed incorruptible, the word of God which liveth and abideth forever. So what we have is, is that if we have a pure seed, 
And that, and Brother Paul is feeding on that seed. Brother Lonnie and myself were feeding on that seed word, born again by the seed and corrupt with the word of God. Then that pure seed will bring forth a manifestation in our lives. And that manifestation is Jesus Christ. So there's a repentance. There's a death to self. And that goes on every single day. Martin Luther said that the Christian experience is a perpetual repentance. But then there's a, there's a death to self. Brother Paul manifested a degree of that death when he said, I've got an absolute on my hands. Mm. I don't just have a man with a gift. This man said, men shouldn't be wearing shorts. It's a feminine garment. I'm going to be wearing then pants like a man. God, the prophet said, kick the television out of your house. Why? Because the scripture says, I'll set no evil thing before mine eyes. Mm -hmm. So there was a greater level of sanctification going on in Brother Paul's life, in my life, in Brother Lonnie's life. And then there was the greater unfolding of the word of God in this last day, a greater revealing of uh, the proper understanding of the Godhead, serpent seed, water baptism, all so many wonderful things that have been lost through the dark ages. And that culmination of truth, when you hear that and you feed on that, you're born again by the seed incorruptible, the word of God which liveth and abideth forever. So the new birth is receiving the word for your day, not just a measure in Luther or Wesley, those are truths. We don't ever discount that. We want what Luther taught. We want what Wesley taught. We want the gifts of the Spirit that Pentecost brought, brought back to us. These were all moves of the Holy Spirit. They're all moves of God. But in this last day, God promised a revealing of the Son of Man Himself, that Jesus Christ would be on display in a vessel, and so much so that it would unite Christ and that church together. and They'd become one for a rapture. Amen. Brother Lonnie, any more thoughts? Yeah, we got well, uh, 50 seconds. Yeah, <laughs> I can't help but think of... Uh, in Genesis where it says every seed will bring forth of its own kind and that's yeah. that's the law of God Amen. so what's planted in a person in the way of the word is, is the life it's going to produce mm -hmm. and so sadly enough within Christianity there is a, a Christ life and there is a church life right and if they're feeding on the word of the church which doesn't bring the fullness of the word right. then the life they'll produce will be that of maybe let's call it denominational life right and not trying to put down the people in the system not you know that and I hope you're our viewing audience knows that too not trying to put that down godly people in there but the the error of system is to hold it back and right. God has some very strong names for that system in the in the book of Revelation which we've taught it to you in the past but our time is running out friends it's just really been great to be with yes, you we're going to pick up with with uh, brother Paul in our next session God bless you come back again when Brother Paul Moffat was preaching for us in our home church, he did one to fix the nice long title of the living expression of the reflected image. We shortened it to the living expression. And if you want to get a hold of that, I think you'll really enjoy it. He compared to the way that we can look at ourselves in a house of mirrors and it has a big head and skinny body or big fat and all these expressions that you can see in a house of mirrors. But nevertheless, the Word of God is a reflector also and he brings out very clearly that we need to see ourselves in the light of the word as the only clear true mirror. Today's program with guest Paul Moffat, how a New Zealand pastor found Christ is available on DVD, as well as a sermon by Pastor Moffat entitled, The Living Expression. To order these DVDs, visit us on the web at globalanswers.us, or write to Global Answers at 1695 Stewart Road, Lima, Ohio. Our zip code is 45801 here in the USA. 
Please remember that we'd like to hear from you. Your comments and questions help us in choosing topics and guests for upcoming programs. Our email address is info at globalanswers.us. Thanks for joining us, and may our Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you.